Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we accidentally push each other off the same tiny platform. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including additions to F-Zero 99. And then on Thursday, we're seeing just how much we know about Mortal Kombat characters. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? It's going great. Ooh, my palms are already a little bit sweaty thinking about how much I know about Mortal Kombat characters. Uh, what in this instance are the sweaty palms uh, indicative of? I guess we'll find out nervous? on Thursday. Guess we'll are find out excited? on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to both, I'm just saying yeah to everything. <laughs> it's a problem. That's. Oh, I mean, it feels like a great way to go through life. <laughs> saying yes to everything. Exactly. The, the movie Yes Man, Man. <laughs> is based on me. I feel like that was an odd emphasis because the it, the name of the movie is Yes Man, right? Not Yes Man. <laughs> it was I. That was just a mistake. I forgot what the movie was. Sure, called. sure. I, I was I was going to call it Click. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't. They're the same movie, They're, right? Um. I mean, I know one is Jim Carrey and the other is Adam Sandler. Right. Right. No. I, are they both Adam Sandler? No, 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 no. You are correct. Thank you. That yes Man is a Jim Carrey movie, mm -hmm. and Click is an Adam Sandler movie. But I think, as far as premises go, they could not be more different. Uh, okay. You think as far as premises go, they couldn't be more different? Yeah. But <laughs> I stand by it. Like I said, I'm saying yeah to everything. You are saying yeah to everything. You are saying yes, man, to everything. <laughs> Um, Mark, you know what people could say yes to if they wanted to is uh, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where you can support us with money if you so choose. Uh, and if you do at the 8-bit or the 16-bit levels, you get access to our ongoing miniseries. We are currently making our way through NCS Goes Broadway. Uh, we're about to, very this week, we are going to be talking about Music Man, a uh, very exciting episode. Um, uh, and so you can check that out there if that is of interest to you. Also, coming up very shortly, um, and this is something that you and I just like keep kicking down the road a little bit. We are going to put up a poll, uh, so that you, the listener, the patron, can determine what our next mini series is going to be. That's right. We did an entire mini series called NCS Detective Club, where we talked about the great detective shows of television, and then we moved on to NCS Goes Broadway, and now. A third thing that is yet to be a determined. A third thing. But if you it's are a rule a, of threes, if you are a member of the Patreon, mm -hmm. you can help decide our fate. Mm -hmm. How's that? And kind of your fate too, because it's something that'll appear on your phone. Our right? shared fate. That's right. I think you have to listen to it. Is that right? I think that's part. Of and then you die a week contract. later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Unless you share it with somebody else. Yeah. That's, oh, okay. So it's it's not like the ring. It's like a chain letter. Well, no, uh, the ring, you prevent yourself from dying by sharing that VHS. Oh, is that how that else. works? Okay, uh -huh. okay. It, you weren't just like spreading it to other. It, you, okay, okay. So you could save yourself by subjecting someone else to the little ring girl. Yes, man. 
Also, you should join our Discord, uh, which is a place where people are talking about Nintendo and this show and other fun stuff like that basically all the time. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com, and we will send you a link, an invitation, uh, and then you can chat to your heart's content. Um, Mark, are you ready to talk about what we've been playing this week? Let's do it. You put a little uh, Scottish on it that time. It's like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Yeah, oh, I, I lost it. I lost it halfway <laughs> through. <laughs> uh, Mark, I, 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 I want to start off with... Uh, uh, so, on Friday evening, I uh, went to friend of the show, Connor McCabe's house, because he was hosting a racing game night at his place. Connor, normally hosting these fighting game nights. Uh, and I'm a, I like to play fighting games. Racing games, not really uh, my thing outside of Mario Kart. Um, but I had a fine time playing some Mario Kart, playing some Diddy Kong Racing, which I got to say, four players at one time, um, maybe has like a four frames per second. Like it runs uh, poorly. Um, and then also a little uh, F0GX. The GameCube one? The GameCube one, yes. Uh, and as always, like any time I play an F-Zero game, was just reminded of how bad I am at F-Zero games. Um, so uh, all of that is to say that I spent a couple hours playing racing games at, at Connor's house and got in like a racing game mood, right? Where I was like, I wish there was more Mario Kart for me to play right now. We got to wait until holiday 2023, whatever that is, to get more tracks. And even then, it's only eight more tracks, right? Like, I've already played the 88 other tracks. Um, and then I was reminded, what game just did its, like, official launch, its real free-to-play launch this last week? I'm referring, of course, to Disney Speedstorm. How was it? Here's the thing. Surprisingly fun. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, it's it's obviously like when you start it because it is a free to play game. So this is uh, the sort of like Disney mashup cart uh, racer kind of game. Um, and when you start it, you can only play as Mickey Mouse. Uh, and it like leads you down a, a track of um, uh, like a, this very like prescribed path of like you have to do this race and achieve these things in it. Um, and you know, sometimes the, the achievements are, uh, get third or higher, get second or higher and get first. And so you just get first and knock the whole thing out at once. But sometimes it's like drift for this amount of time or, uh, like, uh, fire a weapon backwards this many times or, you know, whatever. Um, and as you do that, you, uh, unlock the ability to get more upgrades for your carts or get these little shards so you can get new characters. Um, and all this kind of stuff. Sarah and I handed the controller back and forth um, for maybe like two and a half, three-ish hours on, on Saturday evening um, and never felt like we were progressing too slowly for it to be fun or for it not to be fun um, without, you know, spending money on it. Um, and I really enjoyed myself. Tell me, did you have an opportunity to dig into the options to see a figment? Everybody's favorite okay. dragon right. from the Imagination Pavilion at Epcot. That's right. Is available still to purchase, I'm guessing. So here's the thing. I can see figments. There, there are, as is the case with like every free-to-play game, there are so many currencies and so many like uh, little systems that like uh, it either assumes you know or is like, you'll dig into it when you're ready. Um, and I, so I've seen pigments, uh, 
figments, sorry, uh, like kind of like faded out face that I know he's there, but I haven't unlocked him. Sure, yeah. So, But it is possible. I don't know. All I know is that like the data for Figment is there. And they're taunting you with it. And I'm being taunted with I it. I see, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I have not, and I'm nowhere near at this point um, the threshold where I'm like, let's spend some money on this thing. Because um, like I said, I actually feel like we've been uh, unlocking characters and new things um, at a pretty like pretty good clip um and like the first three characters you unlock are mickey donald and goofy um and then like mulan i think is the first one after that um the first like real like not just like mickey and friends character uh and those are all like pretty cool fun like playing a kart racer as donald duck surprisingly fun so can i ask uh, is it is every race i'm assuming you started up your mickey there's a tutorial. Like, is everything online? Are you competing against other people from the get-go? Or is there a story mode where you're playing against computer characters? What's, yeah, like, so the deal? Yeah, so the, there's there's a... I have not... We've not gone online with it. We don't think... We think it is possible that, um, like, sometimes the boss races um, have one computer-controlled character who's, like, very tough, and then the rest are, like, real people. But it's also unclear to me. Like, you see usernames. Um, over like the 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 drivers, but it's also kind of like, are those real usernames or fake usernames? Right, like when Mario Kart Tour kicked off and there right. was no multiplayer, but they all had like fake usernames above them. Right, or is it more like the um, Super Mario Run thing where like these racers are like based off uh, real players oh, sure. who use those names and those characters and like you know have this uh, like style of play. Um, or what? What exactly? I, I I don't know what's going on here. Um, but they weren't. The reason that I don't think that they actually were other players online is that they weren't that good, right? So uh, so e- even for opening weekend, you would expect some people to just like demolish us. What is the structure then of it? Because you're talking about boss races. So is it like there's yeah so four mm-hmm. tracks or something and. Are they all themed around a, is, you know, like I'm thinking of Mario Kart and there is a, yeah. oh, it's like the Mushroom Cup and those aren't really themed around a specific thing. But with Disney, you know, is it like the Adventureland Cup or something like that? So, no, uh, what it is, is it's in chapters. Uh, and so far, each chapter or the first couple chapters are all like based around the the character that you are, are that you started as, right? Um, and by the end of chapter one, you unlock Donald, and then you're playing as Donald all through chapter two. At the end of chapter two, you unlock Goofy and play through uh, as, as as Goofy. Uh, and so what it is is like a little branching tree with not that many branches. Sometimes the branch is just like you collect some like, you know, in-game currency, and then like you go back to, to the other branch. Um, and it'll just be like, here's a race. And uh, sometimes you'll be racing on a track that you have experienced already. Sometimes it'll be a brand new track to you. Um, uh, and sometimes it's like you have to play as any, you can play as any character you want that you've already unlocked, or this is one you have to do as Donald. Um, and there are some like rivalry races where it's like, okay, this one has to be, um, like there's always a Jack Sparrow that you're racing against. Um, uh, and so like, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, and all of the tracks, at least all of them that I've encountered so far have a forwards and backwards version where you like race through the track in the opposite direction which is cool um that they're all like set up to uh, actually be done that way um there's a lot of uh games and like or tracks in mario kart 8 deluxe it would be impossible to race on backwards um but that doesn't seem to be the case for uh, disney speedstorm um but yeah so it it like presents you these tracks 
in like a linear kind of fashion. Um, and sometimes, you know, like you'll be excited when you're like, oh, this is a track we haven't played before. Cool. Um, and like the game plays just differently enough from uh, Mario Kart that I was thankful for like the revisiting tracks um, and uh, all, already getting the sort of like uh, ex- exploration of it by doing it backwards is like, ah, okay, I'm familiar with the surroundings and like the shape of the track, but it's a completely different experience because I'm going the other way. Like Mario Kart, are there power-ups that you get yes. to like attack other racers with? Yes. So there are a handful of, and they're all like the basic types, right? Um, that there's like a defense one, there's a boost, there's a, an attack, there's like bombs that you lob and stuff like that. Um, so are those Disney themed? Not really, okay. But every character has their own, and they're all called skills, by the way. Um, they're not, uh, they're not weapons. They're they're skills, um, or not items. They're skills. Uh, and then every character has their own skill that is unique to them. So like Donald has this thing where when you activate it, it becomes like a little bubble around him, and if anyone runs into you, Donald gets mad. And when Donald gets mad, there are like all these fists flying around the car and he's, you know, making little Donald Duck noises uh, and he can knock people out that way. So everyone has their own uh, special skill like that. Um, and so like it's uh, it's neat to, as you unlock new characters, like see all these things. There's also um, you level up the carts and the racers uh, in ways that like tangibly change how you race, increasing your acceleration or top speed or handling or whatever. Um, so, like, there is a genuine, like, your cart just gets objectively better as you play. Um, but every, uh, all the levels max out at, at 15. Um, so, like, I don't really think there's too much of a difference between, like, you know, level 1 and level 15. Um, we had unlocked, I, th- I think it was Mulan, uh, and Sarah, like, accidentally just, like, went right into the next race without leveling her up. Because you got to level them up by giving them energy drinks. Um, uh, and it, it was like, it was recommending like level four, level five or something. And she was level one and uh, no problem. Sarah beat it, you know? So I, I, I think it's all like incremental stuff. It sounds like, I mean, that you're playing it for, you know, three hours or so and enjoying it. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it sounds pretty fun. I mean, check it out. It is, it is worth the no dollars you will spend on it. Do you it. think you'll go back to it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I keep, because uh, I've been working on a, a, a writing project a lot this weekend, and I keep trying to, like, get Sarah to, like, play it so I can just, like, be working in, in the background and, like, you know, look up and watch her do doing some races. And, like, she won't do it. I'm not really sure why. She might be home playing it right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think I, I think I will definitely go back to this game. And, sorry, are the tracks Disney-themed? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there, there, uh, you know, there's like a, a Main Street Disney one. There's uh, an Olympus uh, from Hercules one. There are a couple different Mulan ones. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean has been one. Uh, I f- believe, although I've not actually raced on it, there's a Tron one. Um, and there's a ton of characters in the game. Like um, basically, every time we go into a new race, one of the racers is someone we haven't raced against yet. Um, so like it. I don't know. It's it's exciting, and I want to see what else it has to offer. Um, I do think the UI is needlessly complicated and kind of clumsy, especially on um, Switch. I have to imagine it runs a little bit better on other platforms. Um, but uh, if you're kind of just like, yeah, 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 whatever, like auto level up and then like get to the next race, you can have a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let me ask you this. Mm. Did you play the Tetris 99, excuse me, the 35th Tetris 99 Maximus Cup? Yes, of course I did. Did you? I did. It was Xenoblade Chronicles 3 yes. themed. And, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about these themes for the Maximus Cups where the music maybe not is not exactly a great fit for Tetris 99. It's either like too smooth jazz. Uh, I've got to say, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, the music was perfect in that from the beginning, it was anxiety-inducing. I can't even imagine what yes. it was like in the top, like, 10 or 5 or whatever. I mean, it was intense there as well. The uh, So, I feel like you and I have done a great job of absorbing no information about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yep. <laughs> um, to the point where when this theme popped up and I was, like, hearing the music, I was like, this is the music in Xenoblade Chronicles 3? I found it shocking. Because it's not like the music in the other games. Is it not? Not really. I mean, the, the other two games are, like, symphonic uh, in, in kind of the same way. But, like, I don't know. The, the music in the Tetris Maximus Cup for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was so big and bombastic all the time that, like... I don't know. I, I was like, what is, is the whole score like this? Uh, someone let me know because it, it seemed crazy to me. Uh, did you like it? Like when you're saying like mm. the score was like bombastic. Yeah, it was very big. Yeah. In like a positive way where you're like, oh, this is cool or in a wow, this is a lot. Uh, in, in, in wow, this is a lot, but also in a like, man, I bet Xenoblade Chronicles fans uh, like booted this up and were like, yeah, let's go. They were like, yes, man. <laughs> I've also been continuing to play Sea of Stars, and no, hold on, you don't get to not tell me how you feel about the music in. Xenoblade oh, I loved Chronicles. it. Okay. I, yeah, Great. yeah, yeah. I, like I said, it was um, it was Splatoon two theme. Yes. Levels of anxiety inducing, where it just like kept building and building and building. Oh, this is what I was gonna say about Tetris ninety nine. So last, I think last week when we were talking about the uh, Maximus Cup, I offhandedly talked about Tetris 99, or maybe it was when we were talking about F-099. It truly does not matter. <laughs> but I was talking about, oh, yeah, like, you know, Tetris 99, you have to figure, you know, when you first boot it up, you're figuring out which of the, you know, like, attack modes you want to use. And yeah. you were like, oh, KO, KO, KO. I was like, oh, all right, this is a tip that I'm putting in my back pocket because I'm going to try KO next time and see if that affects my performance at all. Because listeners know that I am valiant in earning the 100 points to get the theme, but yes. it usually takes me anywhere from half an hour to an hour in order to do so. And the first time that, uh, the first round that I played in over the weekend, I was in the top, like, 20, which is incredible performance for me, and I, would and I had chosen KO, so I was like, oh, maybe that's the ticket. Yeah. Maybe the, all this time I've been playing wrong. And then I subsequently was just basically destroyed. Oh, okay. Uh, left and right. So I don't think it had any real effect on my performance, but I do see... In fact, it made me feel more targeted, but I don't know if that is possibly true. Uh, I mean, only if people are doing the, like, the revenge option. Uh, uh -huh. I forget what it's called. It's not actually called revenge, but... Like attackers. Attackers. Yeah, that's right. Where you are targeting attackers. I don't know why you would do that. Like, what's the point? Because the, the, the point of attacking anyone is to try to knock them out, right? Right. Because then uh, you, when you knock people out, you start to earn the badges, which then makes you cause more damage, uh, which then you can use to knock more people out. And the more people you knock out, the fewer people there are you have to beat. Um, 
So yeah, I really don't know why you would ever choose not attackers. Um, you mean not KOs? Yeah, that's right. Man, I'm uh, all over the place tonight. <laughs> Always KOs. <laughs> um. So, but I've continued to play Sea of Stars. I just finished what has to be the end of the second act. Like for in a classic mm. like story, it feels very much kind of like oh, our heroes are at their lowest point, and yes. now you know we're going to uh, see their triumphant triumph over <laughs> not being triumphant earlier sure and uh they I'm, were non-triumphant in a like a bill and ted kind of way <laughs> totally non-triumphant and na- now they now will the third act yes. yeah we're gonna see them triumph and i have got to say there is a sequence in the second act that i absolutely loved Ooh. your party's kind of like broken apart and you're uh all have a different task and i thought it was super fun um, and the third act is taking me in surprising directions that maybe I should have seen coming, but I definitely didn't see coming. I, uh, you know, I, the past two weeks, I've kind of talked about all the things I, uh, was not really enjoying as much in Sea of Stars, but I've really hit all, my... All while liking it, generally. All while, yeah. while, all while enjoying it, but definitely, you know, like, I've hit a point where I definitely, where I feel like I am in a groove and really nice. enjoying it. I am ready for it to be over with, sure. but I think that I'm not that far away from you know uh, hitting hitting that hitting the end. I think I'm maybe like five hours away would be my guess. Well, that's very exciting. Um, yeah. Are are you? Uh, I I know that one of the complaints early on for you was like uh, these two main characters. I feel like blah about. Um, do you still feel blah about them, or has it become a non-issue because you have other characters that you do care about? You know, I. I would say that the characterizations are not the strongest part of the game. I and I still think that's true. I think the plot goes in interesting places, but I haven't really been drawn into any of the characters particularly, although uh there was a moment that there was like a plot beat that I did feel. And so mm. it's not like it's unsuccessful. The um, the, but I do think the characters are all pretty generic. Sure, but sure. it hasn't hampered my enjoyment of where I'm at in the game. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I. Well, so do you think it's possible you beat it between now and when we record next week? I think it's. I. I just don't. I don't think I'm going to have time. Sure. To beat it, but um, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. All, all things are possible in Christ. Um, Mark. Remember a couple of months ago, I bought a uh, a Street Fighter keyboard. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's a it's a uh, mechanical keyboard uh, that I got from uh, a company called High Ground for your computer. For my computer, yeah. yes, yeah. It's not a music keyboard; it's a typing keyboard. Um, and I got it for my computer at work. Um, and uh, having a mechanical keyboard like kind of changed my relationship to typing. Like it just feels better um, than on the like digital keyboard. Uh, and so I started bringing it home from work every night so I could continue to work on this writing project that I'm doing. Um, and, uh, a a while ago I was like, this is unsustainable. I can't, I can't keep doing this. So I, Mark, I bought another keyboard. I bought another mechanical keyboard. This one isn't a street fighter keyboard. This one is the eight bit dough NES keyboard. Sweet. So it looks like the uh it's got the like nes sort of like colors and like graphics on it um but it also has this like switch that's just two big buttons an a button and a b button and they're programmable 
So amazing. Uh, one of them, I hit I hit the A button, and it just shows me my desktop. Um, and right now, I've got the B button on print screen, so I can, <laughs> if I ever need to like grab something from my screen, I can just do it that way. I'm open to suggestions. What are good uh, shortcuts that I should be mapped to these like A and B buttons? And you're a PC user, is that right? Yeah, at work. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, which which keyboard is living where? Well, and how did you decide? Well, here here's how I decided. Um, the NES, NES one is more professional. The NES one is more professional, <laughs> and that's the one that's in the office. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And the Street it's the tuxedo one. of uh, it is you know, like it truly uh, is. Nintendo consoles for sure. Um, I mean, I think I th- okay, I like them both. Uh, the Street Fighter one is just so impossibly cool. It's also smaller. Um, so like it is at home right now with my uh with my laptop, you know, keyboard or my laptop com- computer. Um, and just takes up less space on my desk at home. Uh, so that's really why it's the one that's uh, at, at home and the uh, NES one, which is bigger, is uh, in the office. But like once uh, once I have no like pressing need uh, for a mechanical keyboard at home, the Street Fighter uh, keyboard may make its way back. Amazing. Um, and look, I've never been a mechanical keyboard guy before, but I am now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I am forever changed by it. Yeah, you're all in. It's better than uh, not having it, Mark. <laughs> all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, October 3rd, Disgaea 7, Vows of the Virtueless, is released on Switch. They don't have any virtue. They have no virtue, and I... So, the reason I wanted to call this one out is because Mm -hmm. I have a memory of... Was it, like, a re-release of Disgaea 4 that was on Switch in, I think, the year that the Switch came out? Or maybe shortly after. But anyways, my memory is that uh, that first Disgaea release on Switch... It came out in Japan and did not do very well, mm. but then it performed very well for a game of its ilk in like the United States. And I remember that being one of the first data points in the switch switch bump phenomenon. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems like there are a lot of Disgaea games on. I was I trying to look it up. I just searched Switch Disgaea to see if I would get any information. It turns out I have too much information. Yeah, I can't I th- possibly I th- tell you. I think you. since then they've re-released one, and then five and six have also come out. Maybe it was Disgaea five that was the first one. I'm it not might, sure. It might it might have been five. But anyways, yeah. interesting. Or uh, it was fun for me to see Disgaea seven released and think back to when the Switch was first out in the wild right and games like this were we ever so young exactly (laughs) it feels impossible Mm -hmm. then also today borderlands 3 ultimate edition is released on switch which weird uh uh, borderlands 3 a game that's been out for a a good long time everywhere else uh is finally making its way to the switch and i know it was uh uh set for an earlier release date uh, and got delayed a little bit to where it is now um so it's out and also they had released a collection of one and two on switch previously right. right yeah so this kind of completes the borderlands trilogy on switch on thursday october 5th front mission 2 remake is released digitally and wargroove 2 is also out so if you got uh room in your life for more strategy games uh here they are and then on friday october 6th it's the big like nintendo hardware refresh day so the mario red o- oled switch special edition is released 
the Switch Lights. There's two of them that are Animal Crossing New Horizons themed. And that one comes with Animal Crossing New Horizons, like a code to download it. Right. And then and they're Target and Walmart exclusives. That's right. That's yeah. right. You get a different color, like themed to a different character, right. depending on which right. store you go to. And then there's also, for the original Switch, like the non-OLED version, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Bundle that for years, that also comes with like a Nintendo Switch Online trial, which for years previously has been the Black Friday Bundle, but seemingly is just the new standard switch that you can buy yes and come like uh, if you said it comes bundled with uh mario kart 8 deluxe for no additional that's right cost it's 300 bucks for for that bundle and then also on friday detective pikachu returns is released which i i look we were never going to be like super excited about uh, the new detective pikachu game uh but it feels like this thing just like came up it's just like here now it's like a surprise. Well, especially because it was announced so long ago, and right. then we heard nothing about it. Right. And then quiet. there was a Pokemon Presents this year that was like, hey, this game does still exist. And now it's here. Right. And yeah, then it was in the most recent Direct, looking the least bad it's ever looked. <laughs> hey. I would say. Shine on, you crazy kid. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Switch Lite Animal Crossing bundle, um, because I think it is such a good deal. Um, cause it's 200 bucks comes with a $60 game. Um, and, uh, so is, uh, you know, effectively a switch light for $140. Um, I've never owned a switch light. You've never owned a switch light. We've known, uh, people who have them as sort of like ancillary switches, secondary switches, what have you. Um, uh, and I just knowing where we are in the console's life cycle, I'm realizing that um, unless I make a specific like choice to change this, a Switch Lite is something that I'm just never going to have purchased. Right. Um, which is fine. I don't need to own everything that Nintendo uh, get, tricks me into spending money on. But I do kind of want one. So I... Do you hear what I, I'm saying? I, yes. I hear you 100%. And... The, you know, I bought, we both bought our OLEDs within the past year. Like, I yeah, bought mine in right, January. You right. know what I mean? But it's... Uh, You're saying I shouldn't spend $550 on Switches in one year? That's not what I'm saying. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying is that I bought my OLED being like, I was a little bit hesitant. I was worried that they were going to release new hardware this year. Yeah. And I'd feel silly for doing it. But the reason I ended up pulling the trigger is because I have, for the, I wish that I had bought a newer 3DS. That I had bought, like, because yes. I never bought a new 3DS. I My 3DS is still the original uh, XL. Yeah. And so I wish that I had bought a new 3DS when I had the opportunity, or even a new 2DS when I had the opportunity. Totally. And I never did, and I regret that. You know, I, I wasn't able to play Super Nintendo games from the virtual console. It's, like, slower. It doesn't have yeah. a little nub. You know, there's just so many things that were nicer about I couldn't do themes, you know. Mm -hmm. and well, and just like any time that we're talking about like a, a Game Boy SP or, you know, like any, any there, there's so many of these like handhelds and systems where I'm just like, ah, that'd be nice to have. Well, and I guess what uh, what I'm feeling, or the reason why I'm feeling what you're saying about the Switch Lite is, is like, is that my legacy version of this? Like in the future, yeah, is know. the OLED what I want to have to play my Switch like games on? Or do, will I wish that I had a Nintendo Switch Lite, and that's kind of the system that carries forward for me? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to like figure out for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's also like, yeah, but why not just have that be the OLED? The screen is great. 
Right, exactly. I don't know. I guess there's something about like the durability in theory of like having the switch just be, but then you don't have Joy-Con, right? And so there are some things you just aren't going to be able to do, like play uh, WarioWare. Yeah, I mean, can you not sync other Joy-Con to it? I guess you could. You probably yeah yeah, yeah. um or play Ring Fit Adventure right um but I mean yeah like all, all of this is like I don't think I would get rid of my current Switch to get the Switch Lite. I'm kind of just like. There's a piece of hardware here that, uh, like, who knows how much longer they're going to keep it around, right? Um, or maybe they, I, I mean, who who knows, right? Like, there'll be more Pokemon games to sell, so like, having a two hundred dollar, uh, you know, kid friendly version of the Switch is probably going to be useful to them for a long time. And whatever the new hardware is, they're not going to immediately stop selling the Switch, right? 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 But anyway, just just something that that I've been thinking about. Is there uh, anything from um, this week of uh, new releases that uh, you think will pull you away from the end of uh, Sea of Stars? No, I don't think so. Uh, All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433 in 1952. American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I'll talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, you are going to be uh, administering a quiz. That's right. It is... October, we're officially in Halloween season, and so we're going to be taking a quiz from BuzzFeed that is titled, and this feels like one of those, you know, how sometimes on the New York Times, the the headline gets changed to be a little more... Ooh, a little um, spicier. A little spicier. Yeah. I feel like that's what happened here, because in the URL, yeah. the quiz seems to have previously been called, tell, tell me Halloween is your favorite holiday without telling me... You know, like that Halloween is your favorite holiday, right? But now it's called. It's kind of unfortunate that only eight percent of the population know their Halloween history well enough to pass this pop quiz. Kinda unfortunate. <laughs> that's in the that's in the headline. That's kinda. In the, it's in the headline. Hey, it's Buzzfeed, baby. Yeah, it's you're cool. right. You're right. It's like jazz. Uh, can I just take a moment here before we start the quiz to uh, apologize for saying that you were administering the quiz and not that you were proctoring the quiz. Because proctoring is such a better word in this. Yeah. In Apology context. accepted. Thank you. Also, I have not uh, taken this quiz myself. So we're going to be. Oh, we're going to take it together. We're going to be taking it together. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Proctor, proctor thyself. <laughs> uh, which country did Halloween originate in? Is it Ireland, Germany, Czech Republic, or Romania? So my gut was uh, Germany when you asked the question. Okay. But I would also believe Romania. Yeah, I uh, let's go with Germany. Okay. I was gonna say Ireland. Oh, okay. That that, that when you read it, that off, I was like, no. Not okay, that all right. One. We'll go with Germany. We'll go. It may might be Ireland. I don't know. <laughs> it was in fact Ireland. Okay, all right. <laughs> wow, that's kind of unfortunate. It is kind of unfortunate, and we can get eighty percent of these r- right. No, uh, that only eight percent of the population only know 8%. their okay. Halloween history well enough to pass this pop quiz. Okay, what constitutes pass in this I, case? I will find we out together. Okay. Uh, the word Halloween means which of the following: Dawn of the Hallows, Saints' Evening, Eve of the Dead, or Dark Night? I would say Saints' Evening, because like All Saints' Eve, right? Or All Hallows' Eve? Or All Hallows' Eve? Right. That's why I was first drawn to Dawn of the Hallows, but. Saints. But that's dawn, not eve. Yeah, yeah. No, that's well. But ween. Uh, right. 
Ween. Let's just go with Saints Evening. Okay, great. That was your first instinct, and you were right. You were correct. Yep. Redeemed. What? Now, here's... You got 8% of losers. Here's true, which may include us uh-huh. at the end of this. Um, <laughs> here's true Halloween history. Finally, somebody's getting to it. What is the most popular Halloween costume for pets? Oh. Is it a Hershey's Kiss, a hot dog, a pumpkin, or a bumblebee? I'm going to say bumblebee. Oh, okay. I was going to say hot dog. I'm imagining dogs and like right, hot dog right, costumes. Right, right, right. Uh, previous guest on the show, Ryan Mogi, has a bee costume for her dog, Fletcher, um, which is very cute. Okay. Hot dog is, uh, I think, the, the only other answer there that makes sense. Pumpkin, no. Hershey kiss, no. No. Uh, let's go with bumblebee. Let's go with See? bumblebee. It, it, it was a pumpkin. What? Just not very imaginative. Yeah, I don't like it. Wait, okay, another true Halloween history. Which celebrity is known for throwing epic Halloween parties? Oh, here we go. Is it Leonardo DiCaprio? Okay. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> All right. Zendaya. Uh-huh. Heidi Klum. Those are our options. It's Heidi Klum. It's, it's Heidi, Heidi Klum. Klum. Yeah, she, she, she dresses like a big up. Worm. That's yep. right. We that all saw that correct. worm. We all saw the worm. <laughs> True or false, the Scottish <laughs> term for dressing up on Halloween is guising. I can Ga- say guys like like ghost. Uh, guys like uh, disguise. Mm, like guising. Guising. Guys, yeah. Gotcha. 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 I'm gonna say yes. Sure. Let's say yes. Yeah, we were right. Okay. <laughs> what was used for the first jack o' lanterns? Pot- potatoes and turnips. Potatoes and pumpkins. Watermelons and turnips. Or eggplants and pumpkins. I think pumpkins are right out. I'm gonna say potatoes and turnips in Ireland. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. I, f- I forgot about the Ireland thing. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we were correct. Okay, great. True or false, candy corn was originally called chicken feed. I'm going to say false. Oh, it was true. It was true. Well, you know, when they're leading us down these paths, <laughs> they're just trying to like show off like the piece of information they have. We should always just assume true. <laughs> Which state produces the most pumpkins? Maine, <sighs> Illinois, Ohio, or Arkansas? Maine, Illinois... Ar- what or Arkansas? Oh, Ohio or Arkansas? I'm gonna say either uh, Ohio or Illinois. Okay, I'm gonna say Ohio. Let's go Ohio. It was wrong. It was Illinois. You were right. Ugh. Which famous magician died on Halloween? Dante? Huh? <laughs> Siegfried Fishbach. <laughs> Siegfried Fishbach. Wait, who is Dante in this context? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, other than the famous magician. <laughs> But I, I don't know. Uh, Harry Houdini or David Blaine? David okay. Blaine's not dead, to my knowledge. Right. I think it's Harry Houdini, famously, died he, he on Halloween. He got punched in the gut because he told people he could take a punch to the gut. And somebody, like, he wasn't prepared or he something, He wasn't prepared, right? right. I think it's Houdini. It Which is, is really, he should have, like, said, like, you can punch me in the gut, but you have to tell me first. The fear of Halloween is called what? Semanahophobia? <laughs> Nectophobia? <laughs> Chrysophobia or allurophobia. Okay, it's it's not gonna be chrysophobia, right? Because that's like Christophobia. It's like a ch. I'm just gonna show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, those are our four options. Your guess is as good as mine. I genuinely have no idea. I don't know. Let's go with nyctophobia. Okay. Is this the last question? It is. Yeah. Uh, it was samahanophobia. Uh. We got five out of ten correct. 
Sounds like a passing grade we, to me. We scored better than 51% of all the other quiz takers. So That's only marginally better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that means that 49 did uh, worse than us. I think we did kind of unfortunate. I think that's fair uh, to say. We are kind of unfortunate. We were accompanied today by an ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. Mark, let's get into the news. Do you know why I don't feel bad about our performance there? I don't really care about Halloween. Is that controversial? Uh, no, I, I think that's I think that's fair. Let I, your let your freak flag fly. It's kind of the opposite, right? It's like, I mean, maybe it does. It, like, I don't. I, I don't. Know. I think you're an outlier. For I'm, not an, out, I'm about an outlier Halloween. for sure. I, I do go. think that's true. Yeah. Uh, when F Zero Ninety Nine launched last month, Nintendo's Japanese website for F Zero Ninety Nine indicated that Queen League and King League content was coming to the game in the future. But the future is now. We are living the in the 31st future. century. Or uh, it was last week when right. Nintendo added new tracks to the game. Mute City 2, Port Town, and Red Canyon are now added to the standard and pro modes. White Land 2 is in the Grand Prix mode. Deathwind 2 is a pro mode exclusive. And then also more tracks will be added in the next, in the coming weeks. Have you been messing around uh, any further with Tetris? I or, haven't. Uh, F zero ninety nine. No, I've been super focused on a uh, sea of stars, and then I took a little break to for Tetris for Tetris ninety nine, and then I was right back to sea of stars. Yes, yeah. um, it's cool to see new tracks pop up, um, and uh, to kind of like collect those as as you play a little bit. Um, I can really only do a couple uh, F-099s before I'm like, eh, I want to do something else. Um, but I, I like seeing the variety. Yeah, I'd be interested in listening, hearing from listeners if they're continuing to play. I'm, one, impressed that Nintendo is adding new tracks so quickly. But, it, and we might have talked about this before, but it makes you wonder, are they just going to run out of content really fast? And then right. what it, I guess they'll remove tracks maybe and then add more tracks. I I, I don't know. It, 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 it's unclear what, what their plan is with this or how long they plan to support it with new stuff. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, you know, just a couple weeks after it came out, they're adding stuff and then they plan to add more uh, mid-October, which is like two weeks away. Right. And um, there's only yeah. the three like leagues right. in the original right. Super Nintendo game. So it, They'll have published, I think, all those tracks. And it's kind of like, wh why, why not just launch with all of those? It's not really like enough time for people to be like, oh, we, we need more. We need more, you know? I mean, I guess it's like Maximus Cups where it just gives people another reason to come back to it. Right, but they weren't but... dropping Maximus Cups in the first, uh, in the first weekend, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Europe and Japan are getting physical releases of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. Kind, kind of. of. So on Friday, October 6th, which is just a big Nintendo throat clearing before the holidays day, right. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass will be available in Japan. They're releasing a physical version so that includes Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the base game, and Booster Course Pass Waves 1 through 5 on an actual cart. So you will get all of that content on the cart. Right. But Wave 6, which isn't released yet, will be a separate download when it releases. Which is strange to me. Why do they not wait for everything to be out? I think it truly is holiday deadlines, right? Sure. It's like you, uh, they want to get this out on shelves before holiday shopping. And they, you know, I... 
when these things were planned, I wonder if the release date for Wave 6 was malleable. Like, maybe they didn't yeah, have... Possible. You know, like, maybe they were thinking possibly it could be. I don't know what the lead time on printing a cart is, right? Like, at, yeah. what, at what point did they have to decide, no, it's just one through five, and then get it out the door? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, that is... That is a, a a good question, but it's it's just like it's the kind of thing where like this is the only example we have of there being a like physical on cart um, version of the uh, Mario Kart Eight DLC tracks, right? Um, and it won't even be complete. So like in you know in the like weird future, uh, thirty years from now when there is no more, it may not even be thirty, maybe uh, fifteen years from now when there is no more. Uh, switch eShop that you can like re-download your uh, purchase content from um, those DLC tracks are going to be like on the last couple switches as they die and stop working yeah um, but they will be you know five sixths of them will be on this <laughs> Japanese cart right only there and the wave six cart uh, tracks won't be on anything physically yeah you know I hadn't really considered that but there's a lot of like DLC content that is uh will suffer that same fate like they they've never released a complete version of ultimate of super smash brothers ultimate right 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 and so all of those fighters right are will someday just not exist like will will not be playable in that game unless you have the downloaded version right i mean unless the nintendo switch eShop is something that they carry on in perpetuity forever um or they release a version in the or future they a version that in the future, has yeah. like all of it. But yeah, that's just that's that's really interesting. But yeah, it is funny that it'll be one through five <laughs> yeah, yeah, will be yeah, on yeah, this yeah. cart, like almost complete, almost complete. So wave six, just uh, the release date, just couldn't make the cut. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I wonder if they if they like are on the cart, but just like aren't unlockable. Um, but I, I'm I, I'm sure they're not ready. And then in Europe, they're releasing. On Friday, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass set, which does not include the game Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yes. It is purely a download code for the Booster Course Pass, plus a set of four, like, acrylic pins. It's Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi. Mm -hmm. So Toad can hit the road. Uh, a set of ten... He can't hit the road. He's not here. He's not in his cart. A set of 10 sticker sheets, mm -hmm. and then five art cards. This is an interesting package. Uh, again, it's the same kind of problem in that, like, you could, this is, uh, what this is perfect for is gifts for kids. Yeah, right? totally. Um, you can put this in a card for their birthday or for the holidays, um, and they don't have access to their own credit card. Their parents aren't going to let them subscribe to the uh, expansion pack uh, for Nintendo Switch Online whatever they can just punch in this code get 40 double the tracks that they have yeah, in mario crazy. kart 8 i mean it is that that's what's so crazy about it is it is a really compelling if you have a kid that loves mario kart or a person yeah that loves mario kart and they don't have the booster course pass this is it is a good gift totally and honestly like the the lapsed like a uh, switch fan in your life who bought this when it came out or you know in like a year or two into the switch and be like oh here's a thing that you know just makes your uh, mario kart experience that much richer um is very cool. You still have to be able to download the tracks, right? Right. Like whatever. Um. Uh. Yeah. That that's still that's still a hang up, and they're not huge files. Like they always download pretty quick. Um. But it's still like something to have to contend with.
But also interesting that North America is conspicuously absent. Yeah. Like, no version of this package, no physical version so far of the Booster Course Pass at all. Are there regulations against selling a physical retail package for something that has, uh, like, a part of it that isn't released yet? Oh, that's In the United States. Like, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, what the difference is here. And sometimes that falls to, like, regulatory things. Um, you have in uh, our notes here that we're denied the new brain training game. And you and I have hypothesized that that may be because uh, Nintendo makes these claims about, like, it reducing your brain age or whatever. Um, and that is, uh, like, that opens them up to, like, legal liability. Um, you can get sued for saying that, like, this is good for your brain when, like, maybe it isn't. Um, but, yeah, if it's a package that says it includes these things or it will eventually, uh, maybe you can't actually sell someone an eventually at, like, a physical retail location. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I also wonder if it's just, like, Nintendo of America doesn't feel like they need it for the holiday season. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um that like Mario Wonder and the other releases that they have lined up will be enough to carry them through the year. Yeah. Well, and I wonder also if it says something about uh, where they're seeing their subscriber base. If uh, they know that Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack uh, people are like largely concentrated in North America. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like that they're like, well, that's that's not an area that we need to hit. They're already getting it. Or maybe it's maybe it has something to do with the fact that there's this Mario Kart 8 Deluxe bundle that is exclusive to North America. I don't think it exists in Japan. Oh, interesting. And it doesn't exist in Europe because in Europe they're getting the Nintendo Switch Sports bundle. And that's so right. Maybe that has something to do with the calculus. But you would where they're like, we're gonna bundle Nint like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe in, and so we want people to. Oh, buy the booster course pass, but then you would think that they would they want would to make want that to as it. easiest as possible. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It feels a little bit like in the Wii era when Nintendo of America was just like, no, we're just not releasing those games. Where sometimes they just do their own thing for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and like there, there's something about like the uh, the inclusion of like art cards and a acrylic pin set where it's like in some capacity you're just like selling junk, right? you'll notice that this is not something that they're selling in Japan. Um, and so I'm just like, I'm just trying to like take it all in and like, why, why is it going out like this in this territory and this in this territory and not at all uh, in North America? Uh, and I, I cannot draw any greater conclusions from it. Well, here's something that we can all agree on. And that is on November 3rd. Finally, we can agree on something. <laughs> all territories will be getting new physical versions of Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. That bundled the DLC for the games, again, with an asterisk, the first DLC, the Teal Mask, the one that's out right now, will be on the cart. But the second one, which hasn't been released yet, will be down, like, download only. Which kind of torpedoes my, uh, uh, the, the, my regulation speculation. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but, uh, I, again, and I, it must just be to your point of, like, gotta get something out before the holidays, right? Um, but, like... Why aren't we putting... And maybe I, uh, another, again, again, that it's a, thing, a product that they could sell later. Yeah. I mean, in, maybe it's just to... If you are going out and you're looking for a Pokemon game... Yeah. Right? Like, it's a, it's a decent value because I think it's the same... I think it's like 60 bucks and you get, the, you get both DLC. Wait, is that true? I, I think so. 
um, because they definitely didn't do that for the uh, the previous releases that they they would sell them bundled together, but for like ninety dollars. Oh, interesting. Maybe um, that is the case. So uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll look it up while while we uh, move into the next story. I okay, think. cool. Or if you have, if if we have more about this uh, story. Nope, that's it. Which gives us time to try to figure out if we now understand the multiplayer for Super Mario Brothers Wonder. <laughs> so a couple, a couple okay. of weeks ago, we were struggling with this. You and I, a uh-huh. uh, little bit of a disagreement mm-hmm. on what exactly it included. Uh, one thing that has been clear for a while, though, is that in multiplayer modes, there's a change from the new Super Mario Brothers multiplayer, where in those games you could collide into other players. Yes. And there was almost like a bounce back effect, right? And so uh, you could knock other players off of platforms and cause all kinds of mischief. In Super Mario Brothers Wonder, though, collision is gone. No more collision. No more collision. And in an interview with Rolling Stone, the director of Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Shiro Mori, implied that this game also started out with collision-enabled but it was removed during the course of development, saying, quote, When we took the leap of faith and removed Collision, we realized that it removes a lot of the stress. For example, when you have a narrow platform that you jump to, when somebody is there, they just get in the way. Which is true. I mean, that was that definitely is true. true. Yes. But I, that kind of like chaotic energy was, I would say, part of the fun of New Super Mario Brothers. But also undeniably part of the chaos too, right? And also, like, like if you actually part of what makes it hard to play. Yes, yeah. like a multiplayer in those games was pure was fun because it was so chaotic, not because you were actually trying to, you not because it was easier to play with friends or necessarily more fun to play with friends. Right, right. Um, I, I, I'm for this. I, I think that, uh, you know, I. I, I do like the chaos that like a new Super Mario Brothers brings or uh, Super Mario 3D World, which I can still talk about. Um, uh, but there is also something nice about like, okay, let's play this for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's actually like accomplish something in this game um, that uh, is sometimes missing from a new Super Mario Brothers experience. So here's what I think the multiplayer <laughs> In Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Okay, here okay? we go. And so, here we go. Here uh, we go. I am interested if this yeah. matches your understanding. Yeah. So there's really two different types. There is online, where random people exist. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there is private rooms that you can create that yes. is just you and your friends. Yes. In both cases, you are seeing what I'm going to call are like shadow versions. Where they yes. are, they are not ghosts, which is a pre, which I, which I'm defining as pre-recorded. You're, you're ghost in the like Mario Kart, exactly. Sort of, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they are they, but they are like not active participants in your world. Like, in so the, you're saying if they jump on a Goomba, kill the Goomba, your Goomba is still there. That's my. That's how I understand it for like okay. the ran for the random ones. Okay, for like just regular online. Right. But what they can do is put like signposts that can help you or save you when or, you turn into a ghost. Yes, ghost now in the like traditional sense. Where go- you ghost have died. in like the true sense of the right. game, where in New Super Mario Brothers there was a bubble, but now you like turn into a ghost, right. And somebody has to save you to right. come back. And then those people, I think that's what the signs do. The signs that they put down, you if you hit them. 
they you are no longer a ghost. See, but that's in like the passive version of it that like you don't you can do that asynchronously. Yes. Right. Okay. And and we're still just talking about randoms, right? Like yeah, random, I think like so. You, conne- <laughs> you, you connect online. You're playing the game yeah, by yourself, yeah. but you're seeing this other activity. Right. Like other people playing the game, but they are like you said, they jump on a Goomba. It doesn't affect your Goomba, and they can also give items. I'm not clear on that part. I'm not clear on that. But then either a private room. Yes. You can connect with friends, and you are all in the same world. Yes. And their actions do, do affect, affect the world? That's my understanding as well. Okay. Right. And this is basically like the online multiplayer co-op. But they're still displayed as like shadows. I, be- I think that's right. But I don't... But it is, it is simultaneous. It is not asynchronous in the way that I... Even though the other... In the other... Wait, the other one's not asynchronous. It's not either. asynchronous either. But but the leaving behind of the like signposts is. Yeah, I guess they just like persist. I feel really dumb because I feel like this isn't. That, it should be easier. Yeah, like this isn't right. that hard. Right. But for whatever reason, I just can't parse. We it. just need to like play it. We just need to play it, and yeah. we'll know three week or two weeks and two days from now. We will two weeks and three days from now. We will know. Yes. But I think we're getting closer. I'm getting closer, I think. Yes. If you were to go on Amazon or to Best Buy right now and buy the digital bundle for Pokemon uh, Violet and the uh, expansion pack, it would cost you $95. Okay. I don't see the physical product. Okay, so we don't know. We don't know. But I'm saying the digital equivalent as a bundle, as uh, as a digital code that you could buy, from these places is the price of the game plus the expansion pack. Yeah, so maybe these new versions are the same price and the selling point, just like it is with the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass in Europe, is the fact that you can give it as a gift in a more like That's gotta physical... That's got to be it. Yeah. 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 I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Especially because it's not like a Game of the Year edition or something that's come out after all the DLC. Right. Like that, the right. the second piece of the DLC hasn't come out yet, and I would be upset if I had totally. bought, I'd pre-ordered it and paid the 90 bucks, and then somebody was able to get it for all of it for 60 Yeah, 100%. Much, you're right. Even before it was all the way yeah, out. Yeah, you're right. It must it's, be the same price. It's such a weird dynamic, and I know we're going back to this story now after we've been away from it for a couple of minutes, but like... Uh, it's such a weird dynamic that Nintendo is pursuing this, uh, like the way modern games are like sold and distributed to adults, um, while still making games that are very much geared towards children or at least accessible to children, uh, but have this like credit card barrier where it's like you need to make a digital purchase in order to fully experience this game. And uh, kids can't make digital purchases because they don't have credit cards. Um, like that is one that's one block that's still there, and so now uh, this year in particular, they're giving us all all these other options, all these other ways to engage with that content or allow a child to engage with that content without handing them your credit card. And there's also no gifting in the in the eShop, right? Like, which I, I find frustrating. It is silly. I would really like to be able to gift games and DLC and uh, especially. Um, Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pack uh, subscriptions. I would really like to be able to do that 
through the eShop. And I know you can buy digital codes and share sure. that, but it's just, it it seems like that would be a nice thing for them to add to the eShop. Yes. But it's just another reason why having these physical versions that, you know, um, uh, you, somebody can go into a store and buy for someone else. Yeah. Instead of being like, I got this for you, so let me enter my credit card and, you know, like. It, yeah, exactly. You know, or, yeah, it uh, just kind of like facilitates that piece of it better. Remember how Shigeru Miyamoto described Pikmin 4 as very close to completion back in 2015? I do. <laughs> but then also the game didn't come out until just a couple of months ago? Mm-hmm. What is the deal with that? What was going on there? We never really got an answer. Mm -mm. And I'm going to say... We still don't. We still have no answer. We still answer. definitely have no answer, but uh, Pikmin producers have been speaking about it. That's right. So Game Informer, Informer had an interview with Yuji Kondo, the chief and programming director of Pikmin 4, and Yutaka Hiromuki, the planning director, and they had this to say about it. So Kondo said, quote, After the development of Pikmin for Pikmin 3 ended, we started development for Pikmin 4 as a small team. As we made several attempts and tried out various things, there were moments when we could see the game take shape. But since we had to prioritize other projects, we weren't able to create the development team framework needed to complete the game. But the fruits of our labor during that time led to the result of what Pikmin 4 is today. Okay. All of which is just to say, we had a small team. We couldn't really focus on it until eventually we could. But what we worked on in that small team fed what the game became. Yes. And then... Doesn't really answer the question. No, not of, at all. Like, why did Miyamoto say it was basically done <laughs> right, in right. 2015? Yeah. And then Hiramuki adds, quote, We know the fans were worried since Pikmin 4 was taking a long time, but thanks to their patience, we were able to make a game that is enjoyable for many people. So and thank you for that brilliant yeah, insight. The goal is always going to be making <laughs> a game that is enjoyable for many people. Yeah. I would say that is uh, uh, item number one it's on the good, list. It's a good North Star. Let's. What's on our vision board? <laughs> We're going to make a game that's enjoyable for many people. If I was really parsing this, yeah. which I'm going to do. Yeah, do it. So Kondo, it just sounds like we made several attempts and tried out various things. So yeah, why Miyamoto was saying in 2015 that the game was almost done. Maybe at some point it was, and they scrapped it. Yeah. Right? Like, for whatever reason, it wasn't coming together. Because uh, it says, he says, we made several attempts and tried out various things. And there were moments when we could see the game take shape. But they, it, sound, but it sounds like they never got to a point right. where, like, right. they had the gameplay loop or the planning far enough along that they could that it made sense to bring in a full team to, like, flesh it out. Which, and, you know, like, that is sort of the narrative of how most games come together, right? That, like, they start down many different paths, discover which one is actually fun, and then end up developing that. Because, um, like, fun is one of those things that's hard to intuit. Um, you can come up with systems that you find compelling or, like, bits of lore that you find interesting, but, like, how do you know when something is going to be fun? Uh, you kind of don't until it is fun. You know, one thing that I've been thinking about recently is I feel like there's been some discussion online, and I'm not sure why it came up all of a sudden, but about, about maybe it's because we've been missing a mainline 3D Mario mm. since 2017, and the discussion around, like, the future of Mario and people saying that, oh, yeah, like, obviously Bowser's Fury is a glimpse at that future or was like a, you know, a tech demo essentially of what the next Mario will be. 
and I doesn't doesn't feel right at all. That doesn't feel right to me at all. Like because you look at Pikmin three mm-hmm. deluxe or whatever, like the re, yeah. the that version came out. It added co op. Yeah. Right. So like yeah. the logical conclusion from that might be, oh, we do co op now. We do co op in Pikmin games. Yeah. Uh, like this was new for Pikmin three. They obviously, fly now. Obviously, yeah, exactly. <laughs> obviously. Pikmin 4 mm. is going to come with co-op because why else would they add it to Pikmin 3? Right. Pikmin 4 comes out, no co-op. Basically, totally different game from what Pikmin 3 offered. And it's like, well, to my mind, Bowser's Fury is the way it is because they, like, I. it's very possible to me that Bowser's Fury is a one-off. That, yeah. you know, like, you're saying they try a bunch of things and they tried a bunch of things. They were like, okay, yeah, like, but this is the final form. This yep. is where we think we can take it, and this I, is as big and as fun as it could be. Exactly, and me and that I, I so my expectation is that the next Mario game will not at all be like Bowser's Fury. Yeah, I I think that's right, and the this is this is Nintendo, right? Like this is this is what they do. They make Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. They port it to two other systems, but they're never gonna give me a sequel to that game. Right. Right. Like that's. They do something fun, they do something cool, and then they're like, what's the next new cool thing we can do? Why would we do Bowser's Fury again? Why, indeed, yes. I mean, occasionally you do get a, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, or you get a Mario, uh, I was going to say Odyssey, Galaxy Galaxy 2, Mm -hmm. but those really do feel like times where the developers feel like there's so much more that they can do playing with those systems. Yeah. And you just, I don't know, I just don't get that, I don't know. It's my fault for getting a sidetracked with Bowser's Fury, but I just don't. No, get, I think that's. I just don't I think get it's the a sense great point. That well, and like in in both of those cases too, um, it's uh, there's always the like the the fan thing, and we haven't gotten to it yet because uh, you know, uh, Tears of the Kingdom just came out, but like the fan question of where's Mario Galaxy three, right? Like complete the trilogy. Nintendo doesn't do trilogies, right? They'll do two games and then they're like, we're done. Yeah, we did it. They've exhausted all of their ideas. Yes. Um. Also. I promise this will be the end of it. Bowser's Fury wasn't developed by like uh, Nintendo oh. in Japan. It was developed by NS- the NST. I think that's what it's called. They're a team in uh, uh, Washington, which um, I think is another sign that it it w- was an interesting experiment, but yeah. not the future of Mario, in my opinion. Uh, and and a, a a great game. It's it's weird that it is that it remains just bundled with uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, do you think there ever comes a day where they like release it as its own? Not on Switch. Release? I, I I think that's like the that's selling point, point yeah. or you know one of the bonus ads to which it, again did it, it why, need that why, yeah. why did it need it? You didn't do that for. I mean, I guess they did additional stuff for a lot of the uh, Wii U re- releases on Switch. They added funky, funky mode. mode. They added <laughs> thank you. <laughs> they added a co-op to you know uh, to Pikmin, Pikmin 3. Three. Right. And they did make changes to 3D World, but it obviously they felt like they needed more to have right. as like a selling point. Right, right. And Mario Kart 8 uh Deluxe um had the uh the battle mode. It had the dual items. Like there was a lot they changed. Right. Yeah. Uh, when when that game it's uh wild to think of how much that game has changed. Uh and not just in that it has now three times the number of tracks as when it started. Um, but uh, yeah, it, that it uh, did a real battle mode. So many more characters. Uh, 
crazy stuff. Yeah, they keep adding settings and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep, with these yep. Finally, still no music player. Still no music player. And no uh, volume setting. options. Yes, that's that's what we need. Finally, as we get closer to the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo DS next November, I keep waiting for... Hold on. Hold on. What? November 2004, released in uh, North America. Okay. So we turned to dust at that point, right? <laughs> yep, that's right. Okay. Yep, that's right. It, we're basically vampires that will be throwing open the curtains. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, 20th anniversary of the Nintendo DS next November. I keep waiting for the dam to burst and like a flood of DS titles to get ported to Switch. We'll be hitting that 20-year nostalgia cycle. Uh, I just think it makes a lot of sense, but it hasn't happened yet. However, the Nintendo DS horror first-person shooter, <laughs> Dementium the Ward, is coming to Switch next week on October 12th for 20 bucks. Originally released in 2007 and then ported to the 3DS in 2015. I've never played this game, but I remember this game coming out on the Nintendo DS because it was one of those rare quote-unquote adult titles that came to the DS. Right. And so that was a real rarity for Nintendo on both the DS or the Wii at this time. And so uh, it got a lot of press coverage. And the reviews were actually pretty decent on the DS. I think part of the novelty of its subject matter was um, part of the reason. The 3DS port didn't receive great reviews, uh, you know, like five. So pretty middling. Yeah. But, well, um, I mean, f- fives are pretty bad. Um, Dementium. Okay. I think Renegade Kid is yeah, the developer. Yeah, Renegade Kid is the and developer. And this is being published by... Um, a toonie or toonie something like that oh oh well on on the switch it's being published by a, a toy no, which a is Tui. um uh the that's the mutant muds developer i think so yeah um which uh good, good on them i guess um yeah uh it is you know we we've got the and god forgive me i'm going to forget the uh the name of the um ds game and it's Wii sequel that was never localized outside of Japan that is getting a remake on Switch that we another saw another code another code I think yeah. is right um that uh we are starting to see this like just That's in true. drips and drabs I do think that there is uh we we're hitting that appetite for um DS games the DS and the 3DS are like the great unexplored uh realms of for for ports uh to the uh Nintendo Switch um, not available as part of any uh, NSO console um, and not really uh, being ported in other ways. Uh, I guess we saw with uh, the world ends with you um, that that that's one, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not a common thing. And there's a h- obvious huge hurdle to develop, have to develop around is that you don't have two screens. Right. Yeah. But you know, I guess another one is Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Which uh, there's um, Juliette in the discord just mm-hmm. finished playing through one of the games maybe the first one and so obviously like finding ways to make it work without uh the second screen do you know what i want um is a ds zelda collection yeah absolutely yes i would really like even if we hourglass and uh spear tracks right even if you had to play them uh like on the touch screen which I would think you would have to, right? I would think you would have to too. But then, with like but then I controls? think of Skyward Sword, yeah. where they made like the uh, a controller control scheme, like you could play with the Joy-Con instead yeah. of playing with motion controls. I wonder if they figure out a reverse where you can play with the touch screen, 
or they come up with like traditional controls for it or something. I mean, for for me, the one like one of the big hangups about the uh, the DS Zelda games was just not being able to control Link directly. You know, like that for combat, you're just like tapping on the guy that you want uh, Link to attack. I just want to be able to like move him around with a a thumbstick and then like push a button to make him sw- swing the sword. But there's obviously stuff where like you need to draw the path with, uh, for the boomerang or you know whatever. And yeah, it, yeah, exact, exactly. Yeah, so I, I really don't know how they would do it, and yet they made... I would love to see them try, though. Well, and that's where it's like, look, uh, the Nintendo DS, they're, I just, it's just not the Virtual Boy, right? Because, like, there are some systems yes. where you're like, oh, yeah, these games will ne- will probably, I mean, forever is a long time, yes. but these games will probably never come out again. And yet, the Nintendo DS was their best-selling console, maybe, you know, like... That's true, yeah. Um, and is so beloved, has so many amazing games on it, that it feels crazy to me that those games will be orphaned. Those first-party yeah, Nintendo games yeah. will be orphaned. And so I imagine that someday we will see some way to play them, and I'm looking forward to that day. Uh, I am also looking forward to that day. Find a way to put Dogs on the Switch. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> totally. Put Dogs on there. Give us a uh, new Super Mario Brothers collection like uh i've been two- saying this forever i've been saying new su- new super mario brothers all-stars yep. uh is something that we need and i do think that's gonna happen someday but they don't want to get in the way of wonder right well and also we need that second metroid prime trilogy that has <laughs> hunters pinball <laughs> and federation forces there's just i mean there's so much good stuff you've talked about it before on both the ds and 3ds that it seems crazy that they would just never release anywhere ever again but um, so I guess what I'm saying is maybe Dementium is the first crack <laughs> in that dam. Huh? Thank you, Dementium. Uh-huh, that's right. Thank you for rescuing we'll look, us. We'll look back on this moment. All right, uh, Mark, let's close this out. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you would like to join our Discord, all you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And then uh, we send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>